presents the In My House Pro Wrestling Podcast. Finally, The Rock has come back home. Scotty Villa brings you your new favorite pro wrestling podcast. There is nothing you could do that is more dangerous than wrestling CM Punk. He's got the latest in covering all of the major promotions in professional wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Breaking news and hot topics. He's covering everything from Monday night till Sunday night's main event. I'm the hottest thing in professional wrestling. I'm Dr. Rit Baker. D. And we never forget to go old school. I was rowdy before rowdy was cool. From the golden era. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. To the attitude era. And if you're not done with that... To the revolution. It's about the 14 years it took me to go from undesirable to ungoddamn deniable. And everything in between. This is your pro wrestling podcast. This is in my house. Give me a hell yeah! Welcome everybody to the In My House Pro Wrestling Podcast here on Spotify. I am Scotty Villa. I am the publicist for Paralegal Mike. Paralegal Mike, how are you, brother? Not so bad. Now that you got my name out, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Played that down after I said I was your publicist. Not not your not your uh, your friend or your co-host or anything. I'm, I'm basically running your PR uh, for <laughs> the local well, feed here. So. Goddamn right, someone has to. <laughs> How are you, pal? How's your week been? I'm only since, as good uh... as my advocate, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying my best for you, pal. But uh, I don't think I have to try very hard. People know you. They love you. They miss you. It's uh, pretty apparent here in the local. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's love or hate. <laughs> There's some who who love my antics, and I can guarantee there are people who hate it. <laughs> yeah, there are. I've got the picture to prove it of the lady giving you the finger. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Another week here, pal. Uh, it's been a good week. Uh, we, we had a nice uh, WWE pay-per-view this past weekend. Uh, I hit up some local wrestling. Monday Night Raw was all right. AEW seems to be, in my opinion, firing on pretty much all cylinders, just putting out solid shows uh, lately leading up to Double or Nothing here at the end of the month. Uh, it's been uh, a nice little wrestling week here, Mike. Yeah, well, I mean, Backlash was, I mean, surprisingly good. My takeaways from that are, are mostly positive. A- absolutely. I think we're in that back in that era where even last year it was sometimes the buildups or whatever, but the pay-per-views have been just lights out great. Um, it helps when you're in front of a crowd that you're not usually in front of, and it just helps that uh, out because the environment is so loud and active and the crowd's fully into every match. So we'll uh, we'll definitely get into backlash a little bit, but it was it was a really fun watch. A great old time. And I mean, you you saw obviously some local pro wrestling. I was yeah. stuffing my face with sushi. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, myself and the wife, uh, we hit up ringside wrestling here in Regina, uh, local promotion. I 
don't think they do any touring. They went to Moose Jaw the night before and the night after and had a really good show there from what I heard. But um, yeah, just a local show. The guys showed up wrestling wise, talent wise and effort wise. I think it was the best show I've seen since we started going back to shows about a year ago, I believe, Mike. Everybody was firing on all cylinders and the show started on time, too. Thanks, guys. Very much appreciate that. Um, uh, but no, <laughs> a, a great, great night. Uh, last month, we missed the show, both of us, and there was a new champion crowned. We'll leave it at that. Uh, but Thrill and Dylan lost his uh, Canadian heavyweight championship. The, he had a match this week against Tyler Rose, and they did what I wanted them to do. Mike, which was have Thrill and Dylan come out and just be super aggressive, pissed off, just basically, I don't want to say a squash match, but both guys put on a great match, but Tyler Rose and Thrill and Dylan threw it down and I love seeing it. Thrill and Dylan was super aggressive, pissed off. I want my championship back. Stories like that going through each show each month is is what will keep me coming back because it's fun and we had a great time cheering and hooting and hollering throughout the whole show, but uh, nothing but praise uh, for the ringside crew this week. And I can't wait to go next month. Are you coming? <laughs> I mean, I better. <laughs> you apparently, better. Fear, apparently, I fear people. Get yeah. it through your heads. I fear no man. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw our socials or if you were at the show, which many of you were, first of all, thank you for listening and uh, coming out and supporting uh, local wrestling and supporting our podcast. Uh, we had a sign that said paralegal Mike fears Tyler Rose. And Mike, and Mike, let me uh, pull the curtain back a little bit for you. Initially, because when I chatted with you before, you were, you were, I'm either in or I'm not in for coming to the show, depending on what happens. And the sign was originally made saying Tyler Rose fears paralegal Mike. Well, that's what you want to hear. <laughs> but but then uh, paralegal Mike uh, had a previously scheduled engagement and couldn't make it. So the time, sign got switched. So... I um I mean you know what I I do love that and obviously the fans of uh ringside wrestling appreciate the love. Yeah. Again, supporting the pod is a huge thing and uh obviously my presence is being at those events. So you know much <laughs> much love to to all our uh, friends and listeners at Ringside Wrestling. Absolutely. We'll see a good chunk of them this week at CWE. I think I'm going to take a sign that says where's my sign and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring a sign that says this is Scotty Via with an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's great. <laughs> uh but uh, a great time is had by all again. Check them out if you're in the city or on the social medias just type in uh, Ringside Wrestling. Uh but along with that, we're sharing a lot of their stuff, CWE, pro wrestling in general, obviously and this podcast and everything that we're chatting about on it on our socials as well at in my house pod on Instagram and Twitter. Let's get those Twitter followers up. Let's get those Instagram followers up and uh, let us know when you follow. Send us a message. Say how you heard the show. And um, we would uh, love to hear that feedback. We're getting a ton of feedback when Raw is on and uh, the pay-per-views are on. Dynamite's on. We're getting a lot of people chatting with us in the DMs. And uh, yeah, if we're watching along and we're uh, near our phones, we're chatting back. So it's great stuff. So make sure you're hitting us up on the Instagram and Twitter at In My House Pod. Before we get into Backlash, Mike. And before we get into, I want to chat a little bit of CWE wrestling as well. Their show's coming up this Saturday. I do want to give a shout out to a couple of great friends and friends of the podcast. 
First and foremost, Caravan Curo and Collectibles here in Regina. Caravan with a K. Give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook. They are posting every day. They've got a ton of pro wrestling merch, figs, all that fun stuff. Plus, horror movies, pop culture, Funkos, knickknacks, stickers, some retro stuff in there. It is a must-see here in the city. They are at 1640 Albert Street, number two here in Regina. But again, it's Caravan with a K on the front. Make sure you hit them up on the socials for all your fun little knickknack and great store needs horror like if you love horror movies this is the place to go they've got everything metal heavy metal music all that fun stuff so check them out also uh i was uh, sitting beside at the the ringside show jared from the pj's fantasy sports talk podcast they've given us a few shout outs they're local here as well they're talking fantasy sports right now it's a lot of nhl uh but then they get big into the football world as well and football season starts up a great I'm not a fantasy sports guy. I've listened to an episode. I can follow along. That's the big thing. I don't, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't care about other people's fantasy sports teams, but this one's a nice and easy follow. And it's fun to just sit and listen to the stats, listen to the guys' opinions. It's a great listen. So again, PJ's fantasy sports talk, give them a follow and a listen on Spotify. They're there as well. And I believe you can find them on Facebook. So check them out again. PJ's fantasy sports talk podcast, Mike. This weekend is CWE here in Adriana. They've been doing a Saskatchewan tour with a couple of big names on it, Mike. First name being Tessa Blanchard, former Impact World Champion. And seen a couple of videos of of, uh, her work, and she looks great. Great. She's been in and out of a few companies and having some, uh, you know, whatever is going on is going on. Uh, I've been chatting with some people that are, quote unquote, in the know. And it seems like they're trying to, you know, have Tessa come on the show or on the uh, the shows here in Saskatchewan at CWE and getting her back in the ring, get her work. And she's been off for a little bit, uh, not working a lot of shows, but she's doing this tour and she's doing a great job. She signed a multi-show deal with a company in New York, I believe, to kind of get things back going. She's back in the wrestling world, which is great. Uh, she's an incredible talent, Mike, a credible, incredible wrestler. Uh, daughter of Tully Blanchard, legend of the Four Horsemen. And so she'll be here. A legend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She'll be here as well as the zombie princess, one of the greatest indie names out there, Jimmy Jacobs, who also works for Impact Wrestling behind the scenes. Uh, I'm very excited to see him. I've seen a few of his things on uh, online for his indie days, but not a ton. But again, watched a video of uh, one of his uh, matches at, uh, CWE on this tour and man he looks like a fantastic wrestler I mean the name is out there if you know indie wrestling Jimmy Jacobs is one of the legends so great to see he's joining this tour in between his uh, impact dates he works backstage as a writer and things like that actually Mike fun fact Mike Jimmy Jacobs was one of the main writers for the festival oh. of friendship in WWE whoa what are Chris Jericho's favorite writers so not- here you go then, then that's not the rub of all rubs, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I mean, he's also Chris Jericho's one of his favorite writers. Exactly. He's also getting the rub for the In My House Pro Wrestling podcast from Paralegal Mike's publicist. So, yeah, that's right, Mister Jacobs. You're welcome. <sighs> I'm excited for yeah. That. He worked for me, Scotty. Don't ever forget <laughs> it, dude. I haven't <laughs> forgot it one bit. And as soon as I uh, try to forget <laughs> it, people remind me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry oh, to put man. you through that, pal. No, nothing to be sorry about, dude. It's all positive, or positivity and love for the podcast and for you. 
you're my best pal. Fucking love you, dude. So I'm not, it doesn't bother me the fucking slightest. So uh, it's a lot of fun. But dude, uh, this week, you're back, me and you watching pro wrestling here in the Queen City at CWE. Woo! Let's get her done. The return of paralegal Mike, the king. <laughs> the king. Oh, you guys are in for a treat this weekend at the Owl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scotty. We're excited to do CWE, but also Puerto Rico was pumped this past weekend. Bad boonie. Bad boonie. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it was quite the show in Puerto Rico, pal. Mike, they showed up. They gave Puerto Rico a great pay-per-view on paper. Let's be honest, Mike, going into this, we were like, okay, we're getting a celebrity match. We're getting a Brock and Cody match, which we probably know how that's going to go. And then we're getting a bunch of matches that's coming after the draft there. A lot of stuff just doesn't make sense. And then we're getting a match that makes no sense at all because there's zero buildup between Seth and Omos. But every match delivered, every match brought something, and the crowd was super into everything. And when you're in that environment, let's be honest, let's call that the AEW environment where the crowd's just into everything for the entire night. It makes for a great watch. It makes for a really I, fun watch I'm, for I'm, everything. I'm, I'm happy you said that because it's a big part of my review. This show is anywhere else. It'd probably be a grade lower. Yeah, you're not wrong. But because of how hot this crowd was throughout the entire show, you're right. The viewing experience is better. Those matches that usually fall in the C, maybe B minus category, get bumped up a little bit more because the crowd was so engaged and they have been hungry for um, a premium live event like this. It's forever since they've had one. So it, it was nice to, to hear that crowd alive during the whole show. Yeah. And you had, obviously, you had Bed Bunny, the one of the biggest pop stars on the planet. Uh, Damien Priest, Puerto Rican descent. You had Zelina Vega, Puerto Rican descent. Uh, Bad, Bad Bunny and Porter and uh, Damian Priest grew up in the same town, so you had those three mega stars in Puerto Rico on the card, which was great. And everyone bought in; everyone loved it. They were doing chants and dancing. It was like a UK crowd. It was like a Montreal crowd. The crowd was on their feet all night long, which makes for a, a fun watch. And it started off, Mike. I it started off with Bianca and Io Sky. I was like, ooh, all right, interesting. Not sure I would have started the show that way, but women had a great match. They brought it. I thought it was I, a great I, way to start I really, the show. I'm right there with you, pal. I, I thought both of them brought it, um, especially EO Sky. Like, really, yeah. really impressed. Um, coming out solo, doing the thing. I, I mean, hell of a moonsault on EO Sky. Yeah. <laughs> Just... It's weird that that crowd, I mean, I don't want to say it's that like, like maybe an AEW crowd, you're right, but let's go EO chance. Like, they were firmly it, behind EO. It, yeah, and like a crowd turning on Bianca. Here's my issue, though. I feel like the EST kind of was getting that vibe. You're you're the babyface fucking champ. Do not play into that. Long yeah. run, don't don't give into that little bit. You're not, you're not turning yet. So... I get it. It's a special environment, but you're still the baby face champ. Fucking act like it. No, nothing taking away from like the actual match because I thought it was actually pretty great. Like it was, a, it was a really great way to start the show. Hot way to start the show. Uh, and like I said before, I was like, oh man, we're starting with this. I don't know if this is the match I would have started with, but uh, I was quickly put in my place because the the 
the wrestlers brought it. It was a fun watch. You're right. The crowd was fully behind EO from the get-go, booing Bianca out of the building. And I was like, oh, do we have a, a Cena situation where people are starting to feel a little force-fed with Bianca, where people are feeling like no matter what kind of match Bianca has or who his opponent is, we or who her opponent is, we already know who's winning. And that was a big issue with me with Cena because we just knew pay-per-view after pay-per-view. Well, Cena's not losing this one. He's not losing this one. And if he does, he's not losing the title. And I think we're getting into that territory with Bianca. And that's a, a bit of a bummer. I was listening to Busted Open yesterday, and Dave was talking about how Bianca's very one-dimensional, and we don't have a whole lot of layers with Bianca. I'm like, man, that's so true. She's great. She's great on the mic. She's obviously great in the ring. Great entrance, great, all that fun stuff. But it's the same thing. I'm the I'm the EST, I'm the best, yada yada yada. Need something a little bit more. Need to see her in a vulnerable position against an opponent that can dominate her in every way. And I don't know outside of Asuka who else could be that wrestler right now. And they haven't built Asuka to be that wrestler in a long time. So I get a little worried. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a Bianca turn out of nowhere. I think she'd be a great heel, Mike. I think this is a great way to start it. If you're going to carry the momentum from what happened in Puerto Rico, like, yeah, I'm all for that. I just think the marketability of Bianca mm-hmm. Belair is, is think about Cena. There's a lot of people our age or in their late, like mid to late twenties. Yeah. They're not buying into that John Cena style of wrestler, but we also forget about the parents who are bringing their kids yeah, and the little girls who are watching at home. And yeah, I think she's a really great baby, pure baby face champion. But yeah, of course we'd love to see a big turn. Love to see what she could do as a heel. Never count that out, but I think for now we're we're gonna go out until SummerSlam with this this baby face Bianca Belair. I if you do anything big, I hope they would do it at SummerSlam. I agree. I, I also think a lot of the cheering was because they've been kind of teasing Bailey turning on EO. You know, there's been a lot of little jealousy hints there with damage control because EO's getting this title shot on a pay-per-view. So I think a lot of that because people loved EO and NXT. And she was a, a baby face there. And she was a, she was allowed to be a great wrestler there and have, you know, 30, 20 minute, 30 minute matches and do her thing on the main roster. It's hard to do that, even though you have a three hour show every Monday. Right? But uh, I think people were buying into that, too, because they want that. They want to see that turn. There's a lot of rumors out there that when Bailey turns on uh, the other damage control girl, she'll bring some other girls in, which was seems like just rumor but so i think a lot of people are buying into that too i think there's a lot of diehard fans in puerto rico so could have been a little bit of that as well yeah, but, but well, um, they always support the worker right that's yeah. why like we appreciate neo sky we're like yeah that's someone who can go 20 or 30 minutes and really put on a, a great wrestling match but outside of that does EO sky have the package to hold the strap and to, to be the face of a, of a show i i don't I, I mean i don't think so but i'm glad that you have a hand like that around because guess what after someone keeps losing the big one so much their story is that we want to see them eventually get the big one absolutely yeah so just bide bide your time if it be getting the damage control boot out or whatever but i think for now we're going to keep saying that baby face bianca belair but this show kind of felt like a special one-off in some ways so storyline aside i don't think it carries as heavily but no um a great match great way to start the show and it just showed that crowd was ready for everything else that was going to come. I agree. Uh, quick side note. And speaking of, 
ahead. I was just gonna say, I when Bianca turns and becomes heel, I want her husband Montez Ford to do the same thing. I think they'd be a great heel uh, duo, in my opinion. But that's just me. I I think it should happen that way. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, you were segueing nicely before I interrupted you. That's right, and into. <laughs> The the no build beauties, Omos versus Seth Rollins. Man, have we ever you know, kill this match going into it, Mike? This build up, we killed it. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, I can eat a humble pie. I can. This is the best Omos has looked. Yep. This is the best Omos has looked, and that is credit where credit is due to Seth Rollins for making him look like the beast he needed to look like 100% agree 100%. It, it just it, Seth running into him and like it's like him hitting a brick wall Seth is just so good at being able to work with guys he usually doesn't work with and the goal is like hey we need to get this guy over and I mean you know how you get him over is you have a guy fucking win some wrestling matches <laughs> you have him beat some people I'm, I, Unfortunately, um, the big takeaway was like, yes, we need Omos shoved down our throats. He's a big man. We'll eventually get there. They they took that time with Braun Strowman. He was in our face, in our face, in our face. It's a very big guy. We're gonna see a lot of these kind of matches. Also, they needed Seth on this pay per view. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they needed this crowd to be singing his goddamn theme song, and that they did, pal. And that is the takeaway from every time Seth Rollins is in a match that we don't necessarily want to see Seth Rollins in is that the good for the WWE and the viewing audience is that song being sung. Yeah. And very loudly and for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. I think the hope is that eventually it becomes uh pop culture and they're, they're singing it at hockey games, basketball games, football games, which if those arenas are playing that song, there's a good chance it could happen. The one thing I love that they did was they had Seth Rollins standing in the ring, getting the crowd to sing and, and Omos booted him in the back of the head from behind and yeah. got in there and got get, in again. Get over the monster heel, right? Like that's that's the kind of shit you should be doing. You're not gonna be the best wrestler in the company. Mm-hmm. But play up to your strengths. Like your moveset is very limited. You're a big guy. <laughs> you're you're not uh you're not going off the top. There's no <laughs> flippy dippy shit in the Omos world. <laughs> Hell, even some more like sophisticated moves from that AEW style of wrestling is not gonna be Omos. The best part was he's going against a super athlete in Seth Rollins, who, when taking those shots, is going to make you look like a million bucks and make it look like those moves matter. If it be a big kick or or the choke slam, like getting that stuff over is crucial. And again, I, I kudos to Seth for making Omos look so good. It, it was uh, the best, like you said, the best Omos we match we've seen. My issue still with Omos is, and I imagine it's just being green is. I can see him holding back. I can see him not wanting to take guys' heads off when he's throwing a shoulder block or a clothesline because he he probably knows, but he probably doesn't know his full-blown strength, and he's trying not to kill guys out there. Uh, I like the fact that he finally got his breakout match against a guy like Seth. Seth is, when it comes to workers and, and making everybody look good, he's the Seth or the Shawn Michaels of this generation. He really is. He can work with anybody, any style, make him look like a million bucks, but still get himself over making himself look like a million bucks. I just, for Omos, I need to see a little bit more aggression and I need to see you 
as a fan, I want to believe that you're out there to ready to kill somebody. And if I can, if I can visibly see you holding back and not throwing your full power into it, I'm still not there yet on you. Like, I know big guys can't do that, but in I, my I, mind, he he gets he gets pushed through the system faster because of his size. Like he doesn't yeah. get the opportunity to work the way a lot of these guys did coming up to work through other promotions, work the NXT mm-hmm. system, work here. You've got the size. You're just getting skyrocketed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things where it sucks because I have to compare it. But when I was a kid, even though I've seen these matches now and it doesn't look the same way, but when I was a kid, I, when I saw Andre hit a guy, I thought he was going to kill him. That's just the way it is. Even though I've seen them now and they're they're, you could tell they're probably going to hurt for any normal man. But I'm like, man, you're not laying your shit in uh, like you like you could tell he's holding back, too. But I still need a giant of this generation with more agility than Andre ever had more strength than Andre ever had. I need you to be like a killer, be a Brock Lesnar of your size, because that's what you really need to be. I think he's getting there. Yeah, I think at some point he needs to get into a situation where. Maybe he actually doesn't like the human being across from him in that ring and he'll still take care of him, but he's, he's, he's going to go a little bit strong style on you. So I I need to see that. But again, really great match. I love the finish with the stomp off the top rope. I I, I agree. I think that's a a good way to put away the big man. Yeah. Having to get that extra momentum. I agree with you there, but I I'm kind of with your, your thoughts on Omos. I think we're a while away from seeing that aggression. I just think he's, He's not comfortable in his own skin yet in that world. He'll get there oh, yeah. or he won't. And he'll be a, a fucking bust like yeah. he, sink or swim. Right. But we're still going to have him shoved down our goddamn throats. That Vinny Mac is somewhere around this company. He's get him agent. on the screen. He's a free agent. He can go to either show. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. So stupid. <laughs> I'm not, we're not doing it again. I just like, I can't. No, absolutely not. Mike, we, uh, we got another women's world championship match on this card. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship match with uh, Rhea Ripley defending against Selena Vega. Uh, we called uh, a squash match for this. It's, even though it's Selena's uh, home country, we called a squash match because it's Rhea Ripley. And we got the opposite of that. We've got, it wasn't a long match or anything like that, but we got offense from both sides. Rhea got her shit in. Zelina got her shit in, but it looked, this is the easily, easily the best match I've seen her have in WWE NXT period since she's been back with this company. And I thought she she showed up. She was very emotional. She got a great reception from the crowd. Great entrance attire. Great entrance. Crying for the whole entrance and the introductions, which had me a little bit worried that she wouldn't be able to perform. And I thought she performed uh, better than I've ever seen her before. Yeah, and you do need to get some offensive. Like this is this is your home fucking turf. You you do need to look good. We we knew. This was gonna end the way it did. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's touching. No one's touching my gal. Yeah, <laughs> she's <laughs> she's she's riding the wave for a very long time. But um, no, it. I mean, great outfit. Like again, wasn't nerdy. Like yeah. full full Puerto Rico flag, which I mean, rightfully so. Um, this is probably the match of the card I thought was like the least special, which kind of sucked. Like, again, crowd was hot in in the the corner of Vega, but it's hard to ignore that Rhea Ripley is loved. Yeah, she. It, uh, yeah, this is, is this old. is the most whatever match on the card for me, and I hate to say it because I obviously am the huge Rhea Ripley mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they did what they needed to do. They they got Zelina over enough to have the crowd believe and bite for a few false finishes, but then Rhea Ripley was Rhea Ripley. And she ate up all the hate and gave it right back to them. 
And I thought it was perfect. It was a perfect showcase for both girls. And going into this week of WWE television, Rhea Ripley's just that much more of a badass and uh, a bigger heel. So I uh, thought they did a great job there. Fuck, really? Getting into the triple threat United States Championship match, Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley taking on the U.S. champion Austin Theory. Mike, this one had, for me, had potential to steal the show. Uh, I said last week on our In My House Pro Wrestling podcast yes. on Spotify I think, here. I think, I think we both did. Yeah, and I wasn't disappointed with but, this match at all. I didn't necessarily steal the show for me, but I love watching Bronson Reed and, and Bobby Lashley beat the shit out of each other. I'm a big Bronson Reed fan uh, here on the main roster in WWE. I think he's great. I'm very confused as to why the crowd hasn't gotten behind him yet for any kind of reaction. I felt, I felt Puerto Rico was behind Bronson Reed. Yeah, not bad. It wasn't too bad. I was hoping for more. I've the amount of time every time I see this guy do the tsunami splash off the top rope, I'm like, this guy's a monster. This is great. He's killing guys from the top rope with that splash. But people aren't biting in as and buying in as much as I am. And you know what though? Like lackluster bring into the fucking main roster. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like it wasn't it wasn't well done. Um, I think he um probably needs someone with him to push him over. Yeah, good call. Good call. Like yeah, like that that could help too. Maybe that's in the cards. Who knows? But um, I didn't think it looked bad. I but I agree with you. You love to see Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed beat the shit out of each other and have the chicken shit heel fucking eight town just getting ready to steal the win. This this went how we thought it was gonna go, yeah. which I like because it's it's really like theory is is good as the chicken shit heel. I could have that run for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, Theory's doing his job very well right now. And I think the guy that ends up beating him, it needs to be an uber baby face. And it needs to be a clean victory, but like one of the hardest fought matches of the night, whatever that may be over on SmackDown. But I, I don't think he's losing it for a while. I really don't. There's a good chance. It wouldn't surprise me if they gave Austin Theory the money in the bank again yeah, next month. So. Uh, just because he's doing everything uh, great. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll get into that in future shows have... here. But uh, we're about a month away from Money in the Bank in the UK, Mike. It'll be a big, big show. Let's segue yeah. into the uh, six-man tag, the the Bloodline versus Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. This match is exactly what we thought it was going to be. A great six-man tag team match. Great storytelling within the match with this, the Usos and Sami I... and Kevin. Great. This is what I'll tell you right now. This match, much like Rhea and Zelina Vega, felt off. Things that are awesome. Mm-hmm. Solo Sokoa's storytelling within the Bloodline part. Man, I've been the hesitant. You. The hesitant tags. Like, he is really ramping that up. We all want to see it. It got me more and more excited for that big explosion. So, kudos to Solo gotta say like that's the little things that i want to see progressing this story and guess what it was a fine six-man tag it was fine it was it was b minus yeah yeah it was good mike they've been teasing and building this solo you know possibly turning on jay since mania since they lost the tag team titles it's little bits every raw and every smackdown and for me, it's perfect. They're not rushing it. They're not, I don't think they're dragging their feet on it. You got Roman coming back this week on SmackDown, which will be a big chunk to this chapter. So very uh, excited to see what happens here. It was, it was, it was exactly what you wanted. Again, I get a little bummed out that 
All right, man, you got tag team champions, and you're not having tag team champions defending the titles on a show. Yeah. Annoying. For me, it's annoying. But again, more of a special event backlash. Backlash mm-hmm. didn't feel like it was ending runs in month-long stories or or any long type of feud. Yeah. And it was just getting super. Go ahead. Normally, I I don't want a pay-per-view like that. I want stories to keep continuing, but I don't have a problem with it right now. I didn't have a problem with it Saturday night because I think the build is toward Money in the Bank, which is becoming a top-tier pay-per-view for WWE. And they're also it's pushing people to watch the shows each week. They they planted more seeds perfectly with that bloodline storyline on on backlash that I had to watch raw in case something happened. And then they announced that Roman's coming back to SmackDown. Well, guess what I'm doing on Friday night? I'm watching SmackDown live because I yes. want to see what happens. So I I normally I don't like those just filler episodes because I'm like, that's what Monday Night Raw is. You could do that on Monday Night Raw, but this pay-per-view was so great and so hot. I'm good with it. Plus the bloodline got the win, you know? So they've got yeah. that momentum again, but Roman's still going to be very upset with them because they don't have the titles because they lost at mania. And we haven't seen Roman well, since. So. Of course. And I'd say too, I'm like, of course the bloodline can win here. There's nothing on the fucking line. Yeah, exactly. It, it makes sense. It, it makes sense. It sucks for Riddle taking that loss again. I feel like his comeback has been, I, I'm glad he's back. I love watching Matt Riddle on TV and wrestling. He's an amazing wrestler, but He's kind of been fed to the bloodline in this. I'm still waiting if he's going to get his comeuppance and, or I don't know if that's the right term or, or his revenge, but I'm thinking it's coming. I just don't know when I, at least I'm hoping it's coming. I just don't know when. Yeah. Well, where's Randy? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, let's get right into uh, one of the co-main events, one of the semi-main events, whatever you want to call it. It was a match that probably could have been a main event. The last show, and on a the, lot, on. a lot of a lot of fans were saying probably should have been the main event. They're not going to like paralegal Mike on some takes in this match, but <laughs> we're we're talking uh, the Judgment Day's Damien Priest versus one of the biggest stars on the planet. We're talking Babuni in a uh, San Juan street fight, Mike. <laughs> no dull knives allowed in a San Juan street fight. <laughs> um. You know, Scott, obviously a very enthusiastic crowd for Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. I mean, very. that goes without saying. This was a fun spectacle. Yep. Yep. Scotty Via. It it was, I mean, not the most wild street fight I've seen in pro wrestling history. Nope. But you had your spots. You had your spots, Damien Priest, that chair shot to the fucking knee. That, that shit looked like it actually hurt. Yeah, real bad. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, that's about as stiff as the shot's going to be. Um, what's your takeaway here as a as a, a street fight, Scotty Villa? Um, Mike, we got a WWE street fight. We we got that, the... Yeah. <laughs> we got the kendo good, sticks. Good way to put that. We got the kendo sticks, which are... Uh, basically a weekly appearance if someone's really mad in a wrestling storyline uh we got chair shots that are whatever i don't know i don't i really don't need to see a chair shot in wwe anymore it's across the back or if someone's laying down it's on their side or it's like to their legs and guys it doesn't take anybody out it doesn't it's just a it's a filler spot kind of thing right uh we got the garbage cans which 
when Damian Priest kicked the garbage can back into Bad Bunny's face uh, in the entrance aisle there. I thought that was mm. good. Look great. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> don't, don't think Bad Bunny wants to be taking those to the face, but um, he did. Well, you're going to have to. You're going to have to. I uh, I have to give it to Bad Bunny, and I don't think anybody is not giving it to Bad Bunny. The guy puts everything into it, and he's one of the very, very, very few celebrities that gets the instincts of pro wrestling when it's on offense or when you're selling, in my opinion. And I thought he did a great job. He took his time. He didn't seem rushed uh, for anything, which is probably why this match was the longest match on the card. I didn't have a problem with it, but we get the typical kendo sticks. We get the the chair shots that are chair shots. We get the big bump outside through tables yes. or a platform or whatever you want to call it. And that's it. And then outside of the the run-ins. Well, it, that's, this is what I really wanted to get to because I think this is the thing that really won this match for a lot of people and put it in that A category. This is not a stellar wrestling match. Mm-hmm. People got to get that through their head. Yes, Bad Bunny, very talented. Damian Priest, good guy to put him with. Safe to work with, going to take care of you. This match will be remembered for a few things. And let's get to it. Um, obviously, yes, we knew that the Judgment Day was going to get involved. How could they not? You need Dominic Mysterio to come out. He's hated, universally hated yeah. by everyone. And then Finn needs to be on that show too. So yeah, let's get him out there to try to interfere. And then who else? Come on, you gotta get Daddy Ray down there. <laughs> yeah. Papa Ray's gotta get down there, hit a 619. But then things really got interesting. When Carlito... <laughs> I know, and see, you, you won't see the video for the podcast ever. <laughs> Scotty's throwing his arms up like Carlito was the fucking seal of the deal. Yeah, it's exciting to see Carlito back. Yes, it was exciting to fight the apple, spit it right in Dominic Mysterio's face. Get it, loved it. Perfect crowd to do this in front of. Carlito comes back anywhere in the States. Nobody gives two fucking shit. <laughs> Remember that now. Will paralegal Mike, we don't know. I'm like, you know why you don't know? Because they never booked him to come back that way. <laughs> Acting like Carlito, the second coming of Christ. Wrong. And then, but it was, it was still fun. And it, like a good crowd to do this with. They knew the reaction was going to be through the roof. And it was. But then things got weirder. <laughs> <laughs> Judgment Day heading down the aisle. Savio Vega's music hit. And he's and guess what? Savio Vega, yeah, you're a legend. In this today's wrestling, so many young kids are like, who the fuck is Savio Vega? <laughs> People who grew up in the area of Savio Vega are going, who the fuck is Savio Vega? <laughs> Again, Puerto Rican legend. Of course the crowd was gonna pop huge. Perfect time for the LWO to come out and help as well. Because Savio Vega ain't doing shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wake up, people. These surprises are just like, yeah, they get you out of your seat and popping huge. It doesn't help when Bad Bunny's also wrestled before in a proper wrestling match. Mm -hmm. Like, it takes that that shine away from the Bad Bunny. And the Damian Priest, who is really out there to make Bad Bunny look like a fucking star, which he did a great job of. This does not mean all these people, this should have been main event, man. Carlito was on the show. Like, no. <laughs> Come on. I, I also thought this would have been a great way to start the show. Yeah. Hot way to start the show if they went that angle. But you know what? I, I feel they didn't because they know momentum after. 
Mm-hmm. If you if you shot your wad with these surprises <laughs> yeah. in a hometown crowd, yeah, I bet you would really lose all of that. Yeah, it was you're right. really exciting. So I popped when Carlito came back, but I'm not losing my mind over Carlito. Like still, just like, oh wow, look, Carlito's back. He's gonna have the <laughs> apple. He's gonna spit it in someone's face. It's just that stuff. I think internet reception. Calm down, everyone. <laughs> Calm down. This this was this was a great fun spectacle as WWE does. I just don't think it's like a great San Juan Street Fighter wrestling match. I, I just this spectacle again, it's bigger than the actual wrestling was. So I agree with you. Uh for me, uh I loved the Carlito return. Uh Carlito came back a couple years ago during the pandemic. Uh I believe it was in the Rumble. He was one of the yeah. surprise entrants. And, and, and guess what? No fucking crowd. No one gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> For me, uh, I popped uh, both appearances by Carlito because one, I always wanted to like Carlito more when he was around in WWE. When he debuted, uh, he was a lot smaller, he a lot younger and a lot smaller. He wasn't as jacked as he is today. Uh, but after the program with John Cena for the U.S. championship, I feel like Carlito just became a mid-card guy lost in the shuffle, which is a big part of the end of the ruthless aggression slash PG era. Just just became a guy on the card that I thought I just didn't care about anymore. He wasn't doing anything cool anymore. And that was his gimmick, Carlito Caribbean cool. Um, so I loved seeing him come back a couple years ago at the, at the, I believe it was the Rumble, for that appearance. And then he was on Monday Night Raw the next night, and then we never saw him again. But see, let's go back to that point. It's always exciting at the Rumble. Yep. If it's someone you haven't seen in a while, you're always excited. Just let's get yeah. real. Like Carlito is not—he's not that fucking guy. Like, sorry, Carlito and Carlito Marks. Like, I just—I <laughs> get it. Like, people hang on to that ruthless aggression era and that mm-hmm. that PG era. I think that's arguably one of the worst eras in wrestling. That had uh, great stars, but some of some of the worst stuff to be done in wrestling. I, I completely agree. Uh, I look at it from for a lot of the fans that are online right now, Twitter and internet. That is their Hogan era. Is the PG late resolution aggression slash PG era? I bring it up with like a Bianca Belair argument Mm -hmm. with like why they market her. Yeah, sure. Everyone had that era. Everyone is a WWE network now. Do me a favor. Go back and watch older wrestling. Hell, watch wrestling in the modern time. (laughs) Yeah. It's just much better. It's just much better. Yeah. Like I feel like that was like the gap of like, uh oh, we may be in trouble here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's for me. I like seeing Carlito back. I wish we had this version of Carlito ten years ago. Uh, I, I, he, he's, um, I believe a much better worker. I believe he's honed his craft and his character so much more, and he had more of an edge. And just a, his work is so crisp now. But that's what you get when you're uh, a worker that's in the late thirties, early forties. His, his got, work is so crisp now. Like I think he put on a fucking ten minute classic or something. No, no, no. Get what out of here? No, I'm talking <laughs> about when when he came back at the Rumble. Then he had a match the next night on Raw. I was like, this guy still got it, and he's better than he ever was before, in my opinion. Uh, he's still obviously working in Puerto Rico all the time. His dad is one of the biggest legends of yep. Puerto Rican wrestling, so the guy's got it in his blood. He came back with a, a more jacked look. Uh, I think he had, uh, a, I don't know, his just presence was was better. And that's a big part of wrestling. So I get that aspect. But seeing people say Carly Dunn just come back and beat Roman, 
and Kali needs to come back and be the new world heavyweight champion. And this <laughs> what? It is, it, I've seen a lot of that, Mike. A lot of that. Yeah, and that yeah people wild. shut the fuck up. Kali come back and like turn on Bad Bunny. <laughs> but let, and let's I see him again in six months and that's it exactly right let's be honest even if they offered carlito a contract and he comes back he, they're not pushing him he's not a main event guy because they're just not going to do that they've got their guys now and i would love to see carlito back just to you know see him on my tv again every week on on a big platform but that's not going to happen it was it, it was perfect for puerto rico let's be honest if, if it was the uk they would have brought back the British Bulldog S type of guy, right? With a big over with the crowd. It's just the placement of the show that yes, helps get all yes, this stuff I, over. So thank you. That's that's what I was trying to get across. This was this is a very yeah. fun thing to watch still. Very. Carlito ain't beating Roman Reigns. Carlito <laughs> ain't getting signed to a fucking contract. If that's the case, so is Savio. May as well bring <laughs> him back while we're at it. Hell, bring back Jeff Jarrett, right, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I I have to give, and we all do, and we all have, uh, the credit solely goes to the two guys in the ring, Damian yes. Priest for taking care of one of the biggest global superstars on the planet and that global superstar, Bad Bunny, literally giving everything and knowing how to work. Let's be honest, Mike. He knew how to work, whether it was rehearsed a thousand times or not. His timing, his pacing, and his selling was it- stellar. I, I would say we're we're kind of lucky in the celebrity era we're in now where they're yeah. athletes, right? Like Bad Bunny looks like an athlete, he moves like one. Logan Paul obviously is now just a WWE superstar. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like even I look at it back to me, like with Johnny Knoxville, it's just a different kind. Like he could fit in that comedy era, like level of WWE just fine. Yeah. He's not the greatest worker. Hell, he's a bad one. But <laughs> what he can do gimmick wise overshadows that pat mcafee absolutely Mm -hmm. a a hell of an athlete but i think the lowest on that tier after seeing a logan paul on a bad bunny i I said going in we watched bad bunny work before and we knew he was great Mm -hmm. the guy hits a canadian destroyer you're you're a fucking outsider and you're coming into a canadian destroyer you appreciate wrestling it's something you've always watched and it's something you've always maybe wanted to do yeah and now you're getting the opportunity love it yeah, I, I completely agree. And let's be honest, if you're Pat McAfee and you're on the bottom four of those, you're still in a in great company and in a great spot because Pat McAfee really, really brings it and tries his damnedest. He's really <laughs> only had one match that wasn't, holy shit, that was fucking awesome. So mm-hmm. out of all those matches, it, it's it's it, I love watching Pat McAfee work. I love watching him do his thing in the ring. Just like I, I've come no. to enjoy. I, I, I invest mostly in Pat McAfee because I enjoy him on when he was on commentary, I like his, uh, his podcast. So yeah, I enjoy yeah, his I agree. Stuff. It's the, the aura of Pat McAfee, yeah. right? Like, cause we did love him on commentary and we know he's an athlete when he does something crazy, like, Oh man, he just backflipped off the top rope, land on his feet. <laughs> like, yeah, come on guys. Like he's, yeah. he's an athlete. He can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it, it's great to see. And guys like Logan Paul, other than tucking your chin, Guy's great. He knows what he's doing. I don't care that the matches are rehearsed a, a whole lot and going through it. Bad Bunny, same thing. I don't even want to know if his matches rehearsed. The guy, for me, Mike, you know me. I love a guy that can sell. I look at yep. Brock Lesnar and say, you need to be like Brock Lesnar selling. If you're not, you don't get it. And a lot of or, guys. I, th- I think a lot of these guys probably looked at Sean too. Yeah. Like you see it mm-hmm. with like, I think Logan obviously working with him, but like you're learning from the guy who was. Really fucking good at selling. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And he gets it. So that to me was a huge part of why I really enjoyed this match because when Damien Priest was beating down Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny sold it like a motherfucker. And I I thought it was great. Um, But speaking of Brock Lesnar, Mike, let's get into the main event of Backlash. The match that everyone really came to see because it was two fucking superstars, active superstars, real marquee talents Mm -hmm. ending the show. Get over it already, Internet. It was it was it was the Beast Brock Lesnar versus the American Nightmare. Oh, for fuck's sake. Cody Rhodes with the entrance of all entrances, the 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 crowd's singing the song, they're doing the whoa, and yeah, the huge huge whoa whoa. again. So many fireworks. One thing I love, though, Mike, when they had Brock come out, and I think they need to do this more because the way the entrance and uh, the entrance ramp and the aisleway was all set up, it looked like he was coming yeah. out of a cave and they had a little bit of smoke. I was like, yeah. that's cool. Do more of that. Have Brock coming out looking like a legitimate fucking beast. And Brock came out pissed off. And Mike, we it, got a, a match that uh, was longer than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't a long match, but I, I didn't I, think we were getting that much. We talked about it. I was so happy when this match started because it was like we had said, I'm like, well, Cody's got to get him before the bell, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. I thought it was so smart. The dive right into, like, yeah. what can I fucking throw at this guy? Here's the steps. Here's everything. Also, one thing you got to appreciate about Brock Lesnar. I know you're going to be all over fucking Cody's big night here in Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. But if Brock Lesnar wants to bleed, Brock Lesnar gets to bleed. Yeah, he sure Brock does. Lesnar doesn't play by wwe rules brock lesnar plays by brock lesnar rules <laughs> that conversation was get him taking one fuck get me in the post i'll make sure i'm bleeding mike i think he took i think he bled hard way too he i think brock only bleeds hard way <laughs> he wouldn't surprise me <laughs> like i think he knows for him he's just like yep i know what'll do it i've taken enough shots to know that like this will get me mm-hmm. at this point let the guy blade yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like Jesus Christ! Like you're you're risking a, a concussion on this kind of thing. It, it's wild. But Brock is just—he's a freak. Brock Lesnar's a freak to go out and knowing you're like you're doing the job. Like you're you're gonna lay down to Cody. Spoiler alert: The American Nightmare got the victory. Whoa! And it was um, it was really well done because it wasn't a kick to the dick. Yes, it, sure, it was abrupt in like. Kimura reverse into the pin, which I still like because like you're still you're Matt wrestling, right? Like you're a fucking wrestler. Yeah. And it, it comes off a little bit more of a clean win than kicking some monster in the dick, because that's the only way you can get it done. That was the first text you sent me once that mass match ended. It was no dick kick. And I was like, that's exactly what I want. I'm I'm yeah, there was and- a stretch where all these smaller guys, when they were in a match with Brock, it was a dick kick. And it drove me nuts. It, I mean, I gotta tell you, it, it, it was as good as I expected these two to be mm-hmm. in a match like this. Yeah, I'm Brock. excited that this story kind of is not done. Mm-hmm. Gotta be a thing. Brock Lesnar's not coming back. I was wrong. I was wrong. You let me worry about the beast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think coming out on Monday night and laying another vicious beat down. Smart, yeah. and I mean, obviously, Roman is staying away, keeping his distance. Because uh-huh. I, I, I knew Cody wasn't taking the fucking new title. Yeah, I, I was really hoping Finish that he would. Finish the fucking story. 
<laughs> You're not wrong. Finish that fucking story. You don't need that new title. Your story is with Roman. And that's where that story needs to end uh, for once and for all kind of thing. So uh, I think that Seth winning the Raw side of that tournament was the easiest, best decision they could have made. But um, curious, I don't know why SmackDown's even involved, but I could do a whole fucking podcast on how the the the, the draft is just a ridiculous because you haven't addressed fucking anything of the actual blatant question. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it, Mike. Um, yeah, don't. don't <laughs> get, in, get into how this match realistically should have probably been five minutes shorter. It, it, it probably should have. It should have been that, but uh, you had Brock selling the blood, and then you had Cody jumping on that, you know, throwing the yep. fist, making Brock broken open a little bit more, and Brock being vulnerable. Uh, I thought Brock did a great job of selling the blood and like, holy shit, here we go. And it would get him fired up, and then Cody would attack it. He would go for the kicks and the and the punches, and Brock would eventually catch on to that and catch him and suplex him. And I yeah. love that about Brock. To me, that's why Brock is one of the best wrestlers out there is because he sells when he needs to sell, but he also needs to like go back into full beast mode and be like, I need to kill this guy. I'm catching him now, and I'm dropping him. That fall remember, slam was awesome. Everyone remember right now, Brock Lesnar will go down in history. He could be a top 10 of all time. Yeah. And that's a, there's a lot of heavy fucking hitters on that list. But Brock Lesnar is slowly climbing that ladder to be one of WWE's finest athletes. I, I'd like to hear uh, from like actual wrestlers uh, in the business, you know, legends and things like that, that if we went, if we broke it down to best worker and best seller, where Brock would land on that list. Cause I, you, I've been saying it forever with you on this podcast, whether it's here on Spotify or back in the SoundCloud days, Brock is a bestseller in WWE puts everybody over, makes everyone look like a million bucks when he needs to. And is so yep. smart about that. So I'd be curious to hear that. I might even throw that out on Twitter every now and then just to be like, get to get some wrestlers thoughts on Brock and where he lands on that list. But you're right. When it comes down to it, when Brock is done, it's so interesting to have that conversation specifically about Brock and where he lands yep. on those lists. So that's a good call. We may have to, uh, when things are a little bit of a lull in the wrestling world, which I don't think we're going to even ha have this year, maybe after SummerSlam, but oh, um, this summer is jam packed, man. Jam packed, dude. So guys strap in, get ready. Cause the in my house podcast is going to be every week and there's big things and a big summer coming up between AEW, WWE, new Japan, as well as local pro wrestling here in, in Saskatchewan that we're able to go to and cover. We've got so much coming at you. So obviously do the right thing. Hit that follow button on Spotify, on Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your podcast. We're, we're doing our best to get on Apple Podcasts. I had another person reach out to me and say, hey, when are we getting on Apple? I want to download it off Apple. I'm like, it's coming. Stay tuned. We're working on it. But um, it's going to be a jam-packed summer here on the Miles Pro Wrestling Podcast. Well, pal. That's it for us. Another exciting show. Yeah. For all of our for all of our fans listening, we're going to CWE Regina. Can't wait to see you there. Might have some stickers for some of y'all. Might have some the stickers. King, the king will return. I shall be there. He no will need to be. talk to my publicist. I'm working on it. Talk I'll... to me in person. <laughs> I love all the hate. Throw it my way. Hottest deal going. <laughs> i'll have to uh maybe i'll put out a press release this week and just let everyone know hey the king will be back at cwe this week to grace you all with his presence that's right <laughs> brother it's been a great show everyone thanks again for listening make sure you're doing uh 
two things that can do us giant favors. One, follow and rate us on Spotify. Two, hit that share button on your social medias and get this word out because our show is growing. We're, we're getting so much interaction now that some days I can't even keep up. Mike can't even keep up, but we love it. We love that. Uh, check us out. Find us on Instagram at in my house pod. Same with Twitter and uh, around the queen city here. There's been some uh, stickers been posted everywhere. If you see them like our good friend at three Oh six, he sent it in. He found one of the stickers in the wild on a post, sent it to us at in my house pod and uh, we'll repost it for you. But Mike, great show. We're going to be back next week. I think uh, next week's probably going to be pretty AEW heavy. We're getting close to double or nothing. we got a big cage match happening uh, as we're recording this with Kenny Omega and John Moxley. So very excited to watch that and follow up that uh, show next week here on the pod. From King Paralegal Mike, this is Scotty Villa. This is the In My House Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to my